Welcome back to the choir room. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are here for a bit of uh, something different. Not not something super different. It's uh, still in the character study realm. Um, but we are uh, not giving you the uh, the main course just yet. Uh, the Santana Lopez character study is on the way. Um, but before we get there, we are uh, taking some time down to uh, talk about a group that is a big part of Glee, but we have not yet given their time. Uh, we'll get to all the reasons why. But uh, uh, today, Amon, we are talking about the Warblers. Yes, the Warblers as a character or a set of characters that just, you know, bumble around from season to season, always losing to the New Directions, those damn New Directions they would have had it if it weren't for those meddling New Directions, um, have seen many, many reigns of leaders, uh, some good, some evil. Um, yeah, quite the, uh, quite the side characters they always are always yes. adding some little spice to the to the midway point of each season i think yeah we uh we did this uh kind of talking about vocal adrenaline and uh in that one specifically we kind of talked about you know the characters that emerge from vocal adrenaline we talked about of course jesse saint james sunshine and clint our season six villain so here we have uh we already talked about the entire uh, Blaine Anderson story, but we'll touch a little bit on Sebastian Smythe, of course. Uh, so somehow Sebastian got uh, a chance to cut ahead in the line all the way up in between Rachel and Santana. So I don't know how he did that. Um, no, I, re- I know how he did that. So uh, we we couldn't have really done the Warbler countdown before the Blaine character study because then it would have given away everything pretty much for the Blaine song countdown, essentially, kind of a little bit. So I uh, kind of had to do it after. So here we are. And uh, we'll talk about the Warblers. We'll talk about Sebastian um, and just find if there is even one straight man on this group, in this group. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's like a straight Warbler and then a really straight Warbler. Oh, there is there is a straight Warbler. I think that what's his face from season four was legitimately straight. I mean, he was like, I'm not even remote. What is his name? Hunter? Hunter. Yeah. Um, he wasn't even remotely by curious right. but he did he did have a hard on for uh blaine's talent that season so there's that's at least something yeah yeah but who doesn't have a hard on for blaine's talent i'm actually curious uh when we get to the songs because i mean we're going to talk a little bit about the warblers uh there's not really a whole lot to talk about but we'll talk about them uh and then we're, we're going to get to the uh all of the warbler songs we're going to go through there's about uh 20 maybe 19 or so uh that we're going to just talk about and kind of like strictly from a warbler perspective not really like oh, here is Blaine in this song or whatever. Like, we're going to keep an eye on the Warblers as a whole when we do that. Um, but I'm curious, like, if it lines up, like, one-to-one with the Warblers versus the uh, Blaine countdown. Because I feel like some songs that are iconic Warbler numbers may not have been, like, an iconic Blaine number. So I feel like there could be a, dip- a bit of a difference there. Maybe. I mean, Sebastian certainly has a, a handful of songs. Hunter has maybe one or two songs in there that might blow up the spot. Um, and then you, you have to consider all of season six as well. Mm -hmm. And Blaine isn't really a part of that too heavily either. 
So, I mean, did you include the numbers in which the, there aren't really a lot of them, but the numbers where the Warblers unite with the New Directions and become no. the New Warblers? No, no, no. Um, the Warbler so, Directions? No. So I made it um, I made it kind of uh, stricter to make sure we're not talking about like Rise and uh, all the songs where the Warblers are involved. So it has to be a full-on Warblers number. And I don't know, it can kind of get a little tricky, you know, semantics and all when we get to the actual countdown. But like I didn't include Kurt singing Blackbird because the Warblers are there, but it's a Kurt number. Um, but then I did include like Somewhere Only We Know because the Warblers are all there kind of performing i don't know to you know uh, deal with it whatever we end up having here on this list um but no like bad is not on here where, where the warblers sing with the new directions um the the season six songs where they're combined are not here so we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get there but yeah just hmm. warblers i understand well i don't I'm not, I'm not here to argue or anything i understand the um the season six uh, uh ousting those but i feel like bad is appropriate only because it's such an it's an it literally is an acapella number you know what i mean there is no music it's a warblers driven number but whatever it's it's too much of both it's like i, I get unless you're like considering like you know how we do like duets are included in everybody's countdown is that like a duet with the warblers and the uh the new directions i guess you could look at it that way but yeah, like I, if it's, I mean, if if you consider the Warblers a character, since we're giving them an entire character study in Song Countdown, I would mm-hmm. consider that a duet, but eh, whatever. We it's have what we have. To, it's going to come up. It's going to, uh, we'll talk about bad when we talk about the New Directions numbers, so it's not going to completely fall through the cracks. Uh, it'll come up at some point, but we're going to focus on the strictly Warblers numbers for now. Um, but first, let's talk about these guys. Who are they? Um, do they have more of a personality trait besides being uh, gay? There's got to be more. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, we have girlfriends. Um, yeah, I mean, the Warblers are, in a lot of ways, just a sort of, uh, I was going to say counterpart to the New Directions, but they're really not, because vocal adrenaline sort of serves as that, as that sort of archetype. They are sort of like just like an ancillary side group that we visit from time to time. I mean, they are introduced to us rather pleasantly because of the fact that this is where Kurt and Blaine um, come together and then eventually, you know, start dating. So we have a lot of compassion for the Warblers. One, because we have a lot of compassion for Kurt and by proxy, we have a lot of compassion for, for Blaine and by proxy, a lot of compassion for the Warblers. Uh, however, that sort of does change as the seasons continue but that's not even necessarily the Warblers. That's due to who's running um, from any year given yeah. any given year. So yeah, it's um, they are sort of like a mutable character if if we're being analytical about it. Yeah, this group has, uh, you know, always gone off of their history, their legacy, their tradition. They've been an all-boys group for uh, forever. Um, and of course, we see in season six when that gets challenged a little bit and doesn't even end up, uh, you know, changing anything at all uh this group has been around for like a hundred plus years uh the, you know i'm not i don't give a crap about their history um but if you want to hear about the dalton history they talk about it in a couple of episodes um but yeah they've never had a director until uh, a director they never have like a leader or anything like that but then blaine shows up and ends up kind of uh in that spot at one point so um they do have of course captains and leaders uh that are like you know blaine kind of does both he uh, in his initial run with the warblers he's uh their leader and then in season six, he shows back up and he ends up being their director that I guess they decided they suddenly need. Um, but yeah, the Warblers were a huge, huge, huge thing. Like when we talk about like the Glee concert, they were there. They were, the, of course, it was because 
you know, Blaine Anderson, the new uh, the new boy on uh, on set in town, uh, was a warbler, and a lot of the warblers numbers went so viral. They had their own album. It was just. You know, I have a uh, Warbler's blazer in my closet now. So, uh, you know, the the iconic look of them and uh, their presence on Glee definitely, you know, they definitely deserve their time being talked about. They do. Uh, I mean, we have quite a few characters that are standouts um, from the Warblers that have such huge effects on the seasons. Um, And, I mean, you have to, you can't have a, a Glee Club show, a Glee Club TV show, musical comedy show that doesn't at least have one acapella group in it. You know, I mean, this is coming from me who used to be an acapella in a college. Like, it just seems like you have to have at least one to uh, really show all sorts of styles of performance when it comes to show choir. And yeah, I mean, I don't know who comes up with all the arrangements. Like, we know that. Uh, the Glee Club definitely has like lead vocalists and captains or whatever. I don't know who's doing all of the arranging. I don't know if that was Blaine. I don't know. If it it might have been Blaine. I mean, uh, he does seem to have a musical sort of understanding of all of that. Um, I don't know if Sebastian was involved or Hunter was involved in that, but they have some top-notch arrangements. Like they really, the, 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 I mean, there's plenty of arguments where the Warblers may have may have beaten the new directions, but you know, that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about them uh, as as we go. Again, they uh, they had a huge huge moment uh, or not moment. It was uh, it was just really big. The Warbler Mania was uh, running wild in season two and three when they kind of emerged and and showed up on Glee. Uh, and again, that was the time where they were doing the concerts. So early on, uh, they're obviously a lot more important. Season four and uh, I guess five and six, they kind of fade into uh, irrelevancy, kind of show back up in season six, you know, for a bit, but whatever. So, but yeah, season two, uh, we're going to meet the Warblers who are not quite villains just yet. They're just opponents, I guess you could say. Uh, Blaine, of course, Blaine Anderson is uh, also pretty much called Blaine Warbler because of how important he is to their team. Uh, so we get to see the school. Kurt shows up, of course, there, ends up transferring over to uh, Dalton because of what an inclusive environment they have and zero tolerance for bullying. It's just like this utopia for him. And uh, he wants to be there pretty immediately seeing, you know, especially with how bad things are going for him. Uh, they've got the bird. Pavarotti is there. It's just, you know, the this team is, uh, you know, definitely united on a lot of different aspects of their team. Like they like Blaine is the leader and they're all fine with it. I mean, maybe there's more that we don't see, uh, you know, that that maybe not everybody is, but who knows? That'll be in the fanfic. Uh, So we meet the Warblers in the Never Been Kissed episode. Kurt shows up, ends up uh, there. Of course, Teenage Dream happens early on here and a bunch of other uh, pretty memorable songs. So he joins the Warblers uh, in season two. What do we see from them? You know, they are going to compete against the New Directions at sectionals. They end up tying for first place. Um, And by the end of the season, when they end up not uh, moving on, the New Directions go go to nationals, but not the the Warblers. Kurt is going to make his way back to McKinley. The Warblers, uh, you know, did enjoy their time with him. They send him off with uh, Somewhere Only We Know, which is nice that they did enjoy their time with him considering you know the bird died while in his care yeah uh (laughs) he decided to die as i once put decided to die (laughs) i mean how long do those canaries live like i don't think it's that long so kurt i'm you know sorry about it sorry about it Pavarotti had a beautiful life and they just replaced him anyway so it is what it is um but i mean kurt does sort of really thrive here um i mean i think being able to sort of openly, even though it's, you know, yeah, sort of, yeah, open, I'll say openly have this crush on Blaine um, because he is now in an environment where he doesn't have to worry about getting his ass kicked, just walking in the halls. Um, do they even have lockers in? I've never seen a locker. In I don't think Academy. I've seen a locker. 
Where do they put their shit? <laughs> Have we talked about this? Like, would you in any world enjoy going to this school? Um, it's a hard no for me. I, I, I need the presence of, uh, I don't know, if women, girls, whatever, the, the opposite, the, the, the other gender, one, one of the other th- gender, whatever. <laughs> I think I'm saying no only because of the fact that I, I, all they know is public, you know what I mean? And I sort of have this idea that going to a private school can have an effect on your personality and your view on the world, which doesn't always have to be a negative thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like maybe as an, uh, now that I'm thinking about it as an adult, like if it leads to better education, then maybe, I don't know if I had, if I had, like if I were doing my life over, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I said, no, no for me, but uh, I'm glad they're all happy. So yeah, it seems to be really expensive though, but mm-hmm. so. But yeah, Blaine is the uh, the top dog here, of course, and he leads them all through these performances. Of course, they do, they don't end up uh, moving on to nationals, which is, uh, I think, uh, like the new directions are up and coming. And you know, when they make it far, it's like, oh my god, we're doing this. But for the Warblers, they kind of like hit a wall. Like when there's only room for how many clubs to go through, and they end up not winning. Uh, it's like I think that they, like Vocal Adrenaline, had expected that they were they always did well. I think is the vibe we get. Uh, so the new directions yeah. come into town and knock them all down a peg, and that's that's that. So Blaine is gonna lose the the Warblers lose, but Blaine is gonna be just fine because in season three he's gonna show up at uh, at McKinley. Yeah, we don't. We, we, there are no Warblers in season one, um, but we are led to believe that they usually make it far when it comes to the show choir competitions because it was like a big upset when they didn't win in season yeah. two. So. Um, yeah, I don't really know how I don't know how successful they are. I don't know if they've ever won, but they definitely have definitely made it to nationals before. But yeah, Blaine, much like Kurt, it doesn't matter if the New Directions beat them because if you can't beat them, join them, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what the both of them do. Right. Um, and a big vacuum is left at the Warblers because Blaine is gone, and who should fill that spot other than Sebastian Smythe, this very smarmy little bitchy, tall, donkey face, horse teeth. Gap tooth bitch. Well, he doesn't have a gap tooth. Oh my god! For the Mingus reference. Rude. Um, <laughs> Grant Gustin is listening to this podcast and did not appreciate that. I said it. What you gonna do, Grant? Come at he me, bro. His superpowers on you. <laughs> What's gonna run really fast? Who gives a shit? I don't know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he does. He's the Flash. Um. Yeah. And uh, you know, Blaine isn't having the best time with the New Directions because Finn is giving him a hard time. Um, and so he does eventually go back to Dalton Academy to see what he's been missing. Sebastian is there as the new lead vocalist. He knows exactly who Blaine is. He immediately starts flirting with him, wants him to come back. Um, but Blaine is telling him, you know, no, I really enjoy what I'm doing at McKinley because that's kind of where my heart is now. Uh, Blaine clear, or excuse me, Sebastian clearly not to be, uh, said no to, is going to pursue this for the greater half of season three, um, which is going to lead to lots of fuckery between the three of them. He ends up inviting both Blaine and Kurt out to a night at Scandals. Um, Blaine gets really, really drunk, tries to have sex with Kurt. It's a whole horrible thing, um, but they're able to come back together and be stronger than ever, which is just ultimately going to piss off uh, Sebastian because not only does he S- Sebastian want Blaine back for himself just to bang him, but he also just wants Blaine back on the world so that they can beat the new directions. So... Up towards the midpoint of season three, it's all about 
We gotta beat the new directions. We gotta start blackmailing these bitches. We're gonna start photoshopping pictures of black dicks on Finn's body. We're gonna start. We're gonna start throwing slushies in Blaine's eyes and making them, you know, go blind for a week or two. And it's just, uh, it's a whole, whole mess. Sebastian even goes as far as to go outside of the new directions and be incredibly rude to a newly out, um, what's his Karofsky. face, Karofsky, uh, telling him that he should probably just stay in the closet because you're not gonna get any guys. This is ultimately going to be one of the things that leads to Karasi trying to make an attempt on his life. Sebastian finally sees the light and is like, okay, I went too far. This is getting a little bit too serious. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done. Um, in fact, we're going to dedicate our entire performance to raising money for awareness and to help um, Karofsky. So season three is a very tumultuous time for the Warblers. They eventually are going to get beaten by the New Directions once again and sort of fade into obscurity until season four. Yeah, this is uh, definitely where the villain turn begins here because uh, in season two, again, they were just kind of opponents there and uh, they weren't presented in any kind of negative light because, you know, when they send uh, Kurt off, it's just like this loving group that, you know, is just another group competing in show choir. But then in season three, when we have Sebastian show up, who is like one of the, if not the uh, biggest villain that the show has ever seen because of just his general like nature, he's condescending. He is uh, unapologetic in, in every single aspect of how he runs his team and how he runs his life and how he treats people. Um, he just goes for it. He take, he calls his shots and he goes for it, uh, whether it's with Blaine or whether it's just, you know, messing with anybody at McKinley, messing with Karofsky for, for what reason? Who knows? Uh, messing with Rachel and Finn with all that stuff you were talking about. And of course, the rock salt slushy that he, uh, you know, threw in Blaine's face while they were doing the, the Michael Jackson sing off. Um, so, you know, luckily Santana is there to, to handle some of this stuff and show them all exactly who Sebastian is. But uh, in the meantime, I mean, this is this this is who the Warblers are becoming without Blaine around to kind of keep them uh, keep their heads on straight. They got a new leader. He was not the nicest guy. Um, but I mean, as far as the Glee character go uh, goes, I know there's a lot of Sebastian stands out there. A lot, a lot, a lot of Sebastian stands. I don't know if that's just uh, Grant Gustin love or what. Um, I think Sebastian's just fine. I don't know that I've ever stand him, but I think he's uh, a, a good character, even though he does bad I things. Yeah, I've never I've never really been a stan, but he definitely has a lot of the upside that Santana and Sue has. He's really quick witted, really sharp tongue. Um there's just like a lot of electric chemistry, whether it be romantic for him and Blaine, or whether it just be downright bitchy between him and Kurt and him and Santana. It's just mm -hmm. it's delicious to watch. One of my favorite scenes is definitely when Blaine gets up from the table at um the Lima Bean and uh, Kurt is immediately like I don't like you. He's like, fun. I don't like you either. <laughs> they just start sparring back and forth. It's, it's really, really fun to watch. So and like, I definitely see why people like him. He's horrible. He's definitely horrible. They really ramp it up and make him very unlikable, especially with the Karovsky stuff. But um, he's all leading up to that. He's definitely a lot of fun to watch. I just feel like, look, okay, let's go there. I feel like Blaine and Sebastian definitely sent a picture or two back and forth, even while he was with Kurt. I don't, I would not disagree with that. Uh, I mean, we saw the kind of behavior that Blaine is capable of in season mm -hmm. four. Granted, that was after this season. Granted, get it? <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, Sebastian, like, I mean, if Sebastian was coming on hard, that hard to me... Yeah, she know. I was about to say I would, I would, I would probably do something, but no. If I'm an, I'm, I'm a very loyal bitch. Like I don't, I don't believe in cheating of any kind. So I probably wouldn't. But if I were single, 
I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Hello. I don't know. You I blow my I, whistle, I, baby. I just, oh, no, no, my goodness. Um, I just feel like something <laughs> must have happened there in one way or another. I don't know. Maybe in the times that they were broken up or something. And look, I am sure the fan you know fiction what? exists. I am sure. I think I rescind that now. I think I rescinded only because we get to see how Blaine acts towards the end of season three. And he's just so distraught at the fact that Kurt is leaving and yeah, but Blaine is a dummy Blaine is Blaine is uh, a hypocrite Blaine will Blaine could have could have slept with Sebastian and I still think he would have acted that way because he's a baby I think I think the only thing that we the, the furthest th- the furthest thing that we have seen with the two of them is when they're dancing together at Scandals I think that that was the farthest it has ever gone and I think that as soon as he does that thing with Kurt and Kurt gets extremely pissed off at him and then they have to like apologize at the end of West Side Story. I feel like that that's the end of it, especially considering a couple episodes later he gets rock salt thrown in his eyes. I just don't think that anything happened. I think it would but have I happened see, before that, though. If, if I it see did your happen. point, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, again, the fan fiction definitely exists. Um, Let us know in the comments what you think. Did Sebastian and Blaine bang? <laughs> Right in the warblers. So, um, but Sebastian's going to kind of get phased out uh, as we get into season four. Uh, we're going to not have a whole lot of warbler action here. Uh, I don't know what action's happening with with any of the warbler. I'm sure there's action, whatever. Um, Dynamic Duets is going to be the episode where they show back up and they steal the trophy from the New Directions and it's all superheroes. Hunter Clarington is the new guy here uh, taking control and uh, Sebastian's still around. But remember, like, Blaine shows up and he comes to find Sebastian and Sebastian's like, not me anymore, Head inside and you'll see Mr. Uh, Clarington in there. So uh, they all, of course, are begging Blaine to rejoin the team. Um, they sing um, uh, Dark Side to get Blaine back into the groove of the Warblers. And Blaine is like, um, maybe, but of course ends up not coming back. Uh, Sam is going to work on uh, convincing him that this is a bad idea. Uh, so when we end up going to sectionals in season four, the Warblers do end up getting the win. Marley fainted. Uh, the Warblers kind of won by default or whatever uh, happened there. Uh, and then season four again the villain turn is happening here uh even you know sebastian got them all in this villainous mindset and then hunter clarington took it to uh you know took it from a 10 to an 11 to a 15 to a 25 uh on on that scale he's more of a villain for the warblers more so than the new directions like he He's kind of like Sue and like has them all on strict diets and regimens and puts them on steroids. steroids. That's what's the bullshit. Yeah. It's crazy. Self-sabotage here. Because of course they get caught and they get in trouble and they get disqualified. All over some damn competition. Like mm-hmm. You want them to be able to be like steroids for singing? Hunter wow. Clarington is not it. I mean, look, uh, Trent. Trent is a good warbler. Um, I think we're, we like gay warbler and really gay warbler. Um, they're great. Cherub face warbler. Hunter. Hunter's not it. So yeah, no, he's not. He's and not the, it at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. I, I I know there's like a couple of guys in the warblers that are uh, you know memorable or are more well known by the fans. Uh, Kurt Mega, right, right, Riker Lynch. I almost said Riker. Riker Lynch and, and a couple of others who I don't really know as particularly well. I know a lot of them were, um, you know, former Darren Chris guys back in the day. Um, so there's definitely connections all over the place there. Um, and I think that uh, Charles and, and Mary both kind of detailed a lot of that with us before. So uh, go back to those podcasts if you want more of the deep dive on that. But uh, yeah, the Warblers are, uh, are all about Blaine, even when they're not about Blaine. What are you going to do? All about Blaine. 
Blaney days. And then in season six, uh, Blaine's back. Speaking of Blaine. Yeah, he um, also failed out of school, just like Rachel. Well, Rachel quit. He failed out because he was depressed over Kurt. He goes back to Ohio, becomes the new director for the Warblers. This is his new gig. It's a pretty sweet gig. I'm, I imagine that he gets paid pretty well. Um, he is faced with a decision when Jane wants to join the Warblers, but um, he really doesn't have a vote because technically he's not a Warbler. He's just the coach. They vote no. Jane goes to the New Directions, which is going to cause a lot of bad blood towards the end of the season with her, the New Directions, and the rest of the Warblers. Um, eventually, their school does burn down, so they no longer have a home. They all decide that the public school that's an hour away is the best option for all of them. And so, yeah, they join forces, um, become the New Directions, but they now all wear uniforms. It's a red and white blazer, um, the blazer for, the, for Dalton and the colors for McKinley. And they end up winning at the very end of the series as a new combined show choir. Some of the Warblers even remain at McKinley um, at the end of the season as McKinley now becomes a performing arts school. So some of them just go ahead and just stay there and uh, take classes there as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think that this is, I mean, I don't mind this ending for the Warblers. I mean, they've always been sort of a huge part of the show. So having them be the one glee club that doesn't sort of fall to the wayside towards the end is nice. I think it was a nice touch that we got so much Warbler influence in season six. Yeah, like when we're going back to our glee roots and and being back in Ohio and everything, uh, you had to bring the Warblers back. And especially since they had to, had to, because they needed something for Darren Chris to do when everybody was back in Ohio, uh, it only made sense. And, uh, you know, we got the... Uh, I think it, having the the Warblers and Vocal Adrenaline both back in season six definitely kind of brought it back to that, uh, you know, like there was so much else happening, but it also brought it back to like that uh, show choir competition feel of like these are the groups that we're competing against. You guys know the groups already. It's the Warblers and Vocal Adrenaline. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot happening as far as Vocal Adrenaline uh, or, or uh, uh, the Warblers go. Um, it was really just about Blaine there. And I guess if anything, Vocal Adrenaline was more of a character in season six because of Clint. Um, but, you know, they're still there. You still see the uh, the Blazers. You still see them, of course, uh, like you said, jo- uh, joining the New Directions after their school burned down. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to Dalton Academy. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. once before if they're ever going to rebuild. I don't know. I think we assume that they did, but we don't know. I think that they probably did. Uh, Never I mean, it's, a, it's like a, it's, I, I would imagine there's probably a national landmark in Ohio, in this fictional Ohio, I'd imagine. So do the Warblers have like the worst ending for any of the characters? Like so many of the characters have, you know, like happy ending in the season six finale. The Warblers, their school burns down. <laughs> um, I mean, yes and no, because I, I mean, I, I feel like the Warblers school burning down one time over six seasons is the equivalent to the New Directions getting stamped out like twice <laughs> and then having to come back and resurrect themselves. I feel like it's sort of the same thing. Like, I feel like uh, New Directions keeps winning the battle back, but <laughs> <Not that>. <laughs> <laughs> the Warblers just get evicted at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like one and the same. I know what you mean. Yes. Uh, the famous comparison there. Yes. 
Um, all right. Well, that's the Warblers. I mean, we're going to talk about their songs. I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about as far as their storyline goes? Again, the, you know, they were uh, there. They were a good competition for the New Directions at a lot of times. There's some great numbers, but that's what we have to get to in the next part of the podcast. And, uh, you know, lots of lots of fun with uh, Sebastian, even when it wasn't that fun. He, again, was a, a good villain. Uh, it was nice to ha- have Grant Gustin here before he was, uh, you know, even as famous as he is now for being the Flash and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I would have always loved to see a bit more from the Warblers. I think that we all would have, um, and not even just music-wise, um, character-wise. Obviously, it's about McKinley and the New Directions. Obviously, I know that. But I would not have minded, you know, an episode specifically for the Warblers where you get to meet a lot more of the guys and see what the inner the inner machinations of the of the world wars is really like so i mean i feel like if, yeah. if anything in season two we could have gotten at least one episode where it's very warbler centric and not just and when i say warbler centric i don't mean kurt and blaine i mean kurt blaine and the warblers you know what i mean if there was like a season seven they would have definitely done a warblers at some point you know warblers centric episode um and and taking a you know, taking some time to go over there. Like if, if there was ever a glee where Rachel, you know, was phased out, like if it was like, you know, when Degrassi had characters move on and like the main characters would legitimately, you know, move on and they would create new main characters. If they were ever able to move it away from the Rachel Berry story, I feel like they could have done that and created like main characters over at the Warblers and maybe they end up back at the new directions or something once in a while. But if there was like a a 2021 version of glee, I think that would happen. Okay. Maybe, maybe. I, I can see it. Like the Warblers rebuild, you know, yeah. rise from the ashes. Rise. Like we bounce back and forth between the two schools. Like maybe they're even like that big of important characters. And and by then, of course, you have to have girls allowed in the school. Like there's no way they can continue on the way that that is, especially going like forward in time. Like how many years can we see that being the same situation there? Um, I get I don't know. There's some schools that are still like that, but like on TV. Yeah, I mean, uh, TV has always been a little bit more idealistic than the real world. So Glee would definitely be the show to, and that kind of like be that kind of vehicle for that sort of messaging. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they decided to make it co-ed. Like uh, after the season four kid, OK, alternate timeline after the season four kids get kicked out by Sue. um Let's say Marley is the one and she transfers to Dalton and she gets the ball rolling. Marley does not transfer to Dalton. She does not have the money for it. She's got to go somewhere. <laughs> not Dalton. Maybe, Millie is not paying maybe Sue for her daughter for to go to Dalton Academy. <laughs> she likes to throw money at the roses. Yeah, maybe Sue. Maybe Sue will be like, I just want this bitch out of here. I will pay for her to go to Dalton Academy. <laughs> or, you know, Sue ends up uh, maybe in an alternate timeline. The, uh, the vice president thing doesn't work out, and we know that she gets fired from McKinley, so maybe she gets hired at Dalton. <laughs> well, hmm. Mm-hmm. Becky jumps in and Becky wants, I don't know. I don't know. There could, there could be a world where this takes place. Okay. Let's talk about the songs. Let's talk about the songs before we completely write our own story here. Um, let's see. Okay. So let me, let me ask you, should Blackbird be included? I don't know. I, cause I can, um, I'm like, now I'm thinking more like they're all singing along with him. They sing Backup, but it technically still is. I mean, there's always someone singing backup when it comes That's to the, the Warblers. Thing. Like, yeah, like uh, there's so many songs that are like entirely Darren Chris with the. It's Warblers literally all about Pavarotti too. Yeah. So I think I vote yes. You vote yes. Yes. Okay, so I think that means in t- 
excuse me, I think that means in total we have 21 Warbler songs because um, I also had taken out Tightrope because I was like, that's a Jane song. But no, the Warblers are there. They're dancing with her. That's involved, too. Okay, so we have 21 songs to get to. Let's uh, let's get on into it. I think that uh, uh, we can just begin here, which is unusual for us because usually we have to pause and nobody knew that. Oops, secret. Um, but <laughs> we can just get right into it. You ready? Ready. All right. Without further ado, here is song number 21 out of 21 on the Warblers Countdown. Can you blow my whistle, baby, whistle, baby, let me know. Girl, I'm going to show you how to do it and we start real slow. You just put your lips together and you come real close. Can you blow my whistle, baby, whistle, baby? Here we go. All right, so coming in at number 21 is a song that I know you've had words about before, uh, Whistle, sang by uh, Hunter, leading off here with the Warblers. <laughs> yeah, this song is nasty. Um, <laughs> but it's catchy. <laughs> it's very catchy. It's very catchy, and it's a, it's really it's, it's a lot of fun to watch um, them dance. Uh, lead vocalist-wise, very, very easy song to sing, not particularly impressive coming from Hunter. So for him to have been the, the new shiny little vocalist, I'm like, ugh, Sebastian's better, but fine. Shame. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, I'm not Sebastian's... surprised that it's in last place because it's definitely, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Sebastian's going to get a solo in the same uh, set list here. So yeah, Whistle does. does not beat it. Yeah, uh, Live While We're Young, right? So mm-hmm. um. So Whistle comes in at number 21 overall. Uh, sorry to the season four Warbler stands, but that's where we're at. Um, so let's keep on moving. Uh, song number 20. All right, you spin me around like a record from uh, season six. That's the uh, Skyler era, and uh, apologies, we had not said the name Skyler once to this point. It's uh, like he doesn't even exist. You did say Skyler, but you meant the real life Skyler, and not <laughs> who? Wait, 
Wait, no, you no, you did. I feel like you did say Skylar. I did not say Skylar. I promise. Hmm. I said. I said Hunter. I said Trent. I was talking about the actors, Kurt Mega, Riker Lynch, but I did not say Skylar. Maybe my brain heard Skylar when you said Riker. Maybe. Um, in any case, I'm like trying to figure out who, how to rank these hoes, but we'll get to that later on. Um, <laughs> no, this is great. I like this performance. I forgot about it. Not particularly memorable because there's so many performances in this in this episode, and I am a little more partial to the new, uh, excuse me, vocal uh, adrenaline because I just love me some Clint, but certainly a solid performance, and they were certainly going all out on the choreography for a, a you know, little cute little invitationals. Like, God damn. God damn it, Blaine. Like, shit. <laughs> and these guys got, uh, are they the ones that got screwed? The mo- no, vocal, vocal Adrenaline went first, I think. Yeah, they got, they went first. And then the Warblers uh, are in part two of the Hurt Locker, opening it up while uh, Blaine is stuck in the locker. That's what, that's what happened there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, what an episode. Okay, uh, let's move on to song number 19. So this song actually came in a little higher at number 14 overall on the audience side of things. And then uh, number 19 overall. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I don't think this was exactly like me. I, I know for just from my perspective, like I never really loved this cover very much. Um, if we're going to do One Direction, I don't know. I kind of expected a little bit more. Um, and I don't really know why this song never really clicked a whole lot with me. Like I don't replay this at all. Um, and I don't think that Grant Gustin has a bad voice or anything like that by any means. But I don't know. This one just doesn't do it for me. So. Um, neither of us gave it too much of a boost. Yeah, I mean, arrangement-wise, it's fine. All of the vocal ad- arrangements for the Warblers are very great. But um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I'm not really a, the biggest fan of the original, um, so therefore, I'm not really going to be the, the greatest fan of this one either. Um, yeah, and it kind of just felt like, oh, we've still got Grant Gustin around for an episode. Let's give him something. And that's sort of where it falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be around much longer, so got to get him to sing one more time. And uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's fine. I just, I don't know. It didn't, I think I agree with this song. Like, I, and I am a big One Direction fan. I always have been. But this is not one of my favorite 1D songs. So, yeah. So, that's that. Uh, number 19 is uh, Live While We're Young with Sebastian on solo. Uh, let's move on to number 18, which nobody likes except me. I am all alone, but I don't really care at all, not answering my phone. All the games you played, the promises you made, couldn't finish what you started, only darkness still remains. 
Since this song is uh, so beloved, I will play a full minute of it and let us all just soak it in. Okay, no, I like the song again, um, but I know that not everybody else does. The audience again had this as their number, uh, the the lowest ranked spot, so number twenty one of twenty one here. Um, but it does boost up to number eighteen. So there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Blaine and Kurt just sound really good together when they get to that. Blow the candle. This is probably my least favorite um, Clayne duet. I am. I think I'll be alright. Alright, fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. I just, nah, not for me. Not for me. I mean, that's that's why they lost. (laughs) Not for you, not for uh, the audience very much. So, uh, anyone out there like candles? uh, I'm sure there's definitely some people out there that love candles. I'm sure there are. You are not alone. Where are you? Let me know. Anyway, um, so that is at number 18. Um, I am candles. blowing out that candle. <laughs> Great. Um, let's move on to number 17, which is from one episode prior to that one. Here we are again. I feel the chemicals kick in. It's getting heavy and I want to run and hide. I want to run and hide. I do it every time. You're killing me always going to be funny <laughs> it's it's good acting here uh from both parties uh darren chris and chris colfer just as kurt's trying to be ridiculous blaine is uh you know trying to be all sexy and then the warblers in the background are just dancing around on this very fun looking set piece maybe i need someone who knows more than three dance moves the finger wag the shoulder shimmy and the one where you pretend to twirl two invisible rainbow colored ribbons attached to your hips <laughs> I didn't know Santana was part of that group that was watching this. Uh, the group of girls <laughs> she, giggling and screaming. I mean, she didn't have to be. <laughs> she did not have to be. She just knew. He's done it. He's done it many times. Um, yeah. Uh, I I love this song. I love Neon Trees. I'm not the biggest fan of this cover. I don't know why, but it's just not like it's not my tea. Um, they certainly sound great as always, but no, not, not really my cup of tea, this cover. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think it's fine. And I do, uh, I know that I have listened to it before. have not, you know, skipped past it every time it comes on. I, uh, I like it just fine. But as far as a warbler number goes, I feel like this is a perfectly fine placement for it. It's, uh. Me too. It's definitely not the bottom. It's not the worst. Yeah, no, it's not the worst, but there's a lot, a lot of, uh, just really good stuff. Yeah. In their catalog. So. Um, that's fine to me at number 17. Let's keep on moving. I think we're back to a competition here at song number 16. 
There's that happy spirit from Finn Hudson. Uh, Warbler is performing Stand There. Of course, I know that girl in Chaco when they just got up there on stage and sang some. Oh, bitch, she was never winning. So you might as well get cheer for somebody else. Goodness gracious. What do you mean? They won. No, I'm talking about the girl that was talking to Finn. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, why are you cheering your competition? Like, you're not even in the competition. Get out of oh, here. Oh, Finn. Uh, stand, I like Stand. I've always liked it. It's uh, in the same kind of category for me as Animal. It's like, it's good. It's fine. Um, you know, not a top tier, top tier, but uh, I like mm-hmm. it. So. There are better Sebastian numbers, that's for sure. I mean, there's not that many more, so there's one more. Really? Have we gone through all of them already? We did two of them. Um, I'm sorry. No, we did two of the, the Warbler numbers. There's still one more. And then, of course, there's a duet that he has. But maybe that's what you're mm. thinking of. Maybe I'm conflating the duets. Yeah. So um, there is uh, stand at number 16. Let's go back to season six for a song. Oh, yeah. 15. The one that's left that's remaining is definitely better. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Here's uh, here's song number 15. up so high what did you do here you did this it's fantastic this is so quick it's not even a full minute it's like 40 it's seconds and it's exactly. at number 15 okay no exactly. no no this belongs so much lower exactly the power that no. that has the uh, power this? that that has and of course there is a longer version there, it, there's you know there's the studio version hello Okay, to be fair, this was number 17 on the audience's ranking, so it was only, like, two spots lower, but, okay, I, I will put this at my personal uh, 21 of 21. Listen, the reason why I made the comment of, like, I'm trying, I'm kind of struggling on how to rank these hoes when it comes to Warbler's numbers, when it comes to Warbler's lead vocalists, uh, I think I like Skylar's voice better than Sebastian's and Hunter's. I think that he might be second to Blaine when it comes to Warbler's performances specifically. Well, I don't think I that think Grant Gustin is much... It, it, okay, I could totally be wrong about this and my ads could be low up, but I don't think he's a trained singer or he's a professional singer. I think he's in... Uh, 
whatever the reason, I think Skyler has them both beat. And yeah. I feel like he falls I'd, into the like Diana Agron category of like an actor who can also sing. Uh, he's definitely a better singer than Diana, but that's no shade Whoa! to Diana. I, the, I, that's no shade to Diana because I love Diana Agron's voice. I, I will go up for a Quinn performance. One of my favorite uh, Glee songs of all time is a Quinn performance. So there's no shade to Quinn, but it was shade. It, it was, was not shade. shade. I was just it saying was that he's a better singer than Diana Agron. He is. Okay. That's just a fact. Okay. Okay. Um, that was number 15. Oh, my God. Somehow, my Sharona making its way up to number 15. But, all right. Some of us are happy about it. Uh, let's move on to song number 14. The sun goes down. The stars come out. And all that counts is here and now. My universe will never be the same. I'm glad you came. Spell on me, you hit me like the sky fell on me, fell on me, and I decided you look well on me, well on me. So let's go somewhere no one else can see you and me. Turn the lights out now, now I'll take you by the hand, hand you another drink, drink it if you can. Can you spend a little time? Time is slipping away, away from us, so stay, stay with me, I can make. Make you glad you came The sun goes down The stars come out And all that counts Is here and now My universe Will never be the same I'm glad you came I'm glad you came I am going to fully disagree with what you just said I had more time to think about it during the song Diana Aaron is a better singer than Grant Gustin I will plant my flag there um, Glad you came The other and the last Warblers number for Sebastian Comes in at number 14 Grant Gustin went to school for musical theater. He actually is a trained vocalist. I stand by what I said before. <laughs> See, as I well. said I said I could have been totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I stand by what I said. Look, I'm not saying look, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate Diana Agron. I certainly do. I just think that, that I think that yeah, that there's she didn't she didn't that this she just she's not really trained. It's not really what it's she It's all natural. That's not, that's not her forte. Um, but the, which, you know, training isn't everything. Like you just said, there are plenty of people that have never been trained that have beautiful voices that can sing their fucking ass off. Um, I just think that Diana only, I mean, there's a reason why she's doesn't, I mean, why she sticks to a certain style of song whenever right, she does right. have a solo. You know what I mean? Let's talk about where Grant. That, yeah. Where Grant here has a bit more, you know, range. Um, yeah, I think this is definitely a stronger Sebastian because I'm kind of ranking them. I'm ranking them by lead vocalist as well, um, and this definitely is stronger than uh, what's it called? Uh, Live while we were young, definitely, but not as strong as the other one that is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so let's just kind of give everybody a nice little treat here because um that's the last sebastian song on the countdown so what uh, well no that's the last that's the, that's the last sebastian warbler song on the countdown is what i'm saying um, what no what else do you think there is am i wrong about who sings lead in one of these next songs because it's definitely sebastian what do you think he sings in you can just Uptown say it. girl 
Uptown Girl is, uh, well, he, okay, I'm sorry. He has Solo in that, but it's shared with two of the other guys. So that's, like, not just him. Uh, but those those guys don't matter. I mean. <laughs> They're nameless. If anything, I would say that Sebastian is, like, not even the most in that one. There's, again. He's, like, it's, in the front the whole time, like, staring at Blaine. I'm looking it up. It's it's Nick, Sebastian, and Thad. Or the, th- I don't know, the Thad. Why is, it, why is this guy named Thad? Um, uh, okay, fine. But as far as, like group-led numbers that are specifically him. Um, that's it. Okay, well, I mean, Uptown Girl still has not come up, so we will get to it then. Uh, my point was that, of course, the top-rated Sebastian song, Sebastian did have his own spot on the uh, surveys back when the surveys were put out. So let's uh, just treat ourselves to a little bit of the top-rated Sebastian song that, of course, you know what it is, but uh, let's just listen to it. As he came into the window, it was the sound of a crescendo. He came into her apartment, he left the bloodstains on the carpet. She ran underneath the table. He could see she wasn't able So she ran into the bedroom She was struck down It was her room Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? Would you tell us that you're okay? There's a sign in the window That he struck you A crescendo, Annie He came into your apartment He left the bloodstains on the carpet And then he ran into the bedroom He was struck down It was your doom Annie, are you okay? So, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? So, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. What a joy in the middle of a Warbler podcast to get to listen to that. It's so sexy. They're both so fucking sexy in this number. Oh, God, I love it so much. It is crazy how mm. like the 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 Sebastian songs. It's like he has like like decent ratings on the first couple, and then when you get to Smooth Criminal, of course, it bounces up like four full points and no, three full points. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly where Smooth Criminal lands because I don't want to uh, spoil the Santana podcast. But as you can imagine, it rates pretty highly. So the idea of like Grant Gustin, the fact that like he is going to be in one of like the top tier Glee songs uh, when we have this list completed, like bravo to him. Yeah, I mean, hey, you were the one that was saying he wasn't as good as Diana Agron. He's singing with Naya. <laughs> but still, he holds his own. I mean, she beats him. She but does, but she, she, you're she singing with Naya. Him. You're going to sound good. But she took, I mean, she kind of cheated. Well, she didn't cheat. She, you know, it was a battle. She took the part of the song that was going to secure her the victory. Like, at the oh, we'll talk about it during the, I don't want to, I'm, mm, we'll talk you about, about to make me go off. Warblers, Warblers, Sebastian. <laughs> Grant. Let's continue on. Okay. Uh, so there was a nice little break for you guys in the uh, the Warbler. I don't know why I say it like that. Like you needed a break in Warblers numbers. But okay, so we were up to number 14 with Glad You Came. Let's get back into it with the Warblers. That's it on the Sebastian uh, main songs. There's still more Sebastian to come. Here's number 13 on the Warblers countdown. Glass on the side, I sat with you for most of the night. Ignoring everybody here, we wish they would disappear. So maybe we could get down now. I don't wanna know if you're getting ahead of the program. I want you to be my lady to hold your body close. Take another step into the no man's land.
All right, let's. Uh, it kill, kills me to cut off Sing at uh, any point because I love this co- uh, song. I love this cover, um, but. Uh, we don't have all night here. So Sing comes in at number 13 with uh, some Ed Sheeran in season six with Blaine and the Warblers. Yeah, look, um, I I think, look, uh, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that so was, That was a lot of analysis you just dropped there. Unintelligible, Before unintelligible ranting. Scene again. This is yeah. This is this is a really strong cover. Very timely. Uh, I think this Ed Sheeran song was pretty popular at the time. Um, I think it was the it's the perfect song. It's, a, it's the perfect song for the Warblers to do. And the fact that it's like a warm up song for them is like crazy. It's like okay. I think season six is probably some of the most intricate Warbler choreography that we see as well. And I think that might have to do with the fact that they had more time to just stick like whoever was running the choreography for the Warblers. They had like more time to sort of just like crank them out because. Um, there was less New Directions shit to be concerned about because there was hardly any New Directions until the end of the season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I look, Skyler is a really good frontman. I'm just going to say that. I put out a little small little poll on our Twitter account as we were recording, and I just gave people four options, Blaine, Sebastian, Hunter, Skyler. Now I'm regretting putting Blaine on there because, of course, people are going to be pick Blaine from the get-go. But, yeah, Hunter has no votes at all, and Skyler has 4% of the votes. So there are some people out there that are like, you know what, Skyler, he might he might know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, that putting Blaine on there is uh, quite a choice. That was stupid. I mean, it was I'm stupid. Gonna go vote. I I'm going to go vote for Blaine, so... <laughs> I didn't think about it. It was stupid. Of course, you people want to choose Blaine, but you could do it again without Blaine on there. I could. I could do it again. I could take it off people, right now. It's only got people in votes. like two weeks from now, when this podcast comes up, are going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that poll from like two weeks ago." Um, exposing ourselves here for uh, recording ahead of time. Yeah, that's um, so. I like sing a lot. I really, really, really like this song just in general. So I'm glad they did it on Glee. I would have loved if they did this at a competition for sure. Um, but they were kicking off season six. They were like, "We have this idea. We're going to do this, and so we're just going to do it now." Who cares when the competitions come around? But yeah, it's good. So season six here at number 13. Uh, let's move on to song number 12. So this is one of those songs that I think uh, I understand why it was higher on the Blaine countdown. Um, And I don't know. It kind of feels like it's lower than I would have expected on the Warbler countdown. The Warblers are all there and they're dancing along with Blaine. But I don't know. Blaine, Darren, takes full control of this song and he's uh, having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I understand why it's here uh, only because right afterwards... Kurt is like, okay, here we go again, another Blaine song. Um, so I feel like out of all the other Blaine-led numbers, this one is probably on the lower end. 
However, I do enjoy Misery, the song, probably more so than some of the other covers that are left, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But the Warbler cover, it's like, okay, it's kind of run of the mill. We've kind of seen what Blaine can do, and we're not as enamored because we like the ones that we've seen before. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, number 12, um, I'm trying to cross check with the Blaine list and see where things line up. So, um, this is the, uh, so we had candles and we had animal already come up. Um, but of like all of the season two Blaine songs on Blaine's countdown, there were two songs that already came up by this point. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Three songs that already came up by this point, uh, that by the time we got to misery. So, uh, Misery does seem to be the lowest on the Warbler countdown, but it was not the lowest on the Blaine countdown, if if everybody's keeping up with what I'm saying there. So mm-hmm. um, so let's keep on moving. Let's continue to follow and see how this goes. Uh, here is number 11. Hey Soul Sister comes in at number 11. This was actually the lowest rated Warbler number, I believe, on Blaine's countdown. So, uh, yeah, just uh, one spot higher than Misery. So I guess as a Warbler number, it's a little bit more appreciated, which is, I think, what I was confused about on Blaine's countdown. I was like, I thought this one was a little bit bigger at the time, but I don't know. Yeah, I like this one. It's definitely one of my favorites um, from not just the Warblers, but from Blaine as well. Um I think that he commands the stage well here, and it definitely makes you think, okay, maybe the new direction should lose. But then Valerie happens, and then you're like, oh, well, shit. (laughs) Right. But then they both win, right? Because this is sectionals. Yes, they do both win. They do, they do, they do. Um, but yeah, Hey Soul Sister is one of the uh, the early ones here. I mean, we did Teenage Dream, and then the next one up is, is Hey Soul Sister, right? Is there anything else in this one? Um, no, I think that's it for this competition. So you're like still in the early stages of Warbler uh, competition songs or com- or songs in general. So maybe that is again Yeah, the choreography really ramps tight. up in season three and four. Like they ain't doing shit in season two. They're just like doing a quick little kickball change yeah it's like look the at next thing you know they're all singing look at these i know and then, and the next thing you know they're like cirque du soleil in yes this bitch. 
Yeah, along with vocal adrenaline. Uh, they really not, uh, kicked it up a notch. Uh, so that is number 11. So I guess now we're getting to the top half. Uh, here is number 10 uh, from season three. so hard to press pause sometimes um mm, uptown girl so mesmerizing i'm sad that this is not top five i really believe this is a top five warbler number it's I just i think damn. i need to call you out though for did i fuck then. up i think did I you did up? this because what so the bonus on our side and, and and i'll say even if you messed up i mean i don't know okay so the bonus on our side was a 3.5 uh. which means one of us gave a three i think one of us gave a four i feel pretty confident that the four would have been me I wouldn't have oh said three. Oh my god! I cannot believe I said. Well, what was this under? Like, was the you you put out a warblers thing? Yeah, there was a whole warblers. Uh, oh my poll. god! I don't know what I was on that day. I must have been like pissed <laughs> off. When I we don't talk about quiz. this often, but when the polls were coming out, you did. I did have to like remind you to catch up with the polls yeah, every so often. Yeah, you know what? So you, you did yeah. it kind of quick. And I, because I, that's true too. Like, there Matt would tell me to get these polls done, and I would like procrastinate. And then do like four like at once. The end of time. And then I would do them all at once. So if I had to wager to guess, I probably misclicked on this because there is no way that I gave this a three. I think this is definitely needs to be in the top, but I, I fucked up. So, That's I mean, I yeah, the audience would have had this at number uh, number four, I want to say, because uh, I'm trying to have that black more like it. Yeah, so I, I think the like audience it. had this at number four, um, and it ended up at number ten. But I think even if you gave it a four, even if we both gave it a four, it would have only gone up about two spots, which is still two spots higher than number ten, um, unless you would have like given it a five. I don't know if you would have went all the way there for fully like iconic. I can see a world where I could have gone to a five, but I think I, I landed on the four. You were uh, speeding through the survey, landed on the three. So, uh, look, mistakes happen, people. Mm, yeah, this is a this is a clerical error on my part. I should be so, fired and fined. What are you gonna do? Um, but that yeah. whole that whole like breakdown before the last uh, chorus is just so. It's just like what Eargasm. it's like what acapella dreams are made of. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the th- that's the part of the song that. I could see any vocal director being like, this has to be perfect. And you just run that over and over and over again until there is complete blend of voice. Like, uh, so good. Uptown, 
Oh, cracked on that. No, thank you. Um, yeah, Uptown Girl is at number 10, but uh, I think all of us know it's probably, you know, realistically a little higher. It sounds like we all agree. Like, we are the hosts. We could change it, but uh, we start changing things, we get messy. Okay, so um, there's number 10. Yeah, uh, we already opened those floodgates on the Blaine podcast, and I think we closed them right after we opened them. So there is number nine. I'm sorry, number 10, uh, Uptown Girl. Let's move on to number nine. Show it to you now Will it make you run away? Will you stay? Even if it hurts Even if I try to push you out Will you return? And remind me who I really am Please remind me who I really What a switch going from Darren Chris to Matt Lagory. Not a good switch there. Um, uh, number nine, Dark Side from uh, season four, the last season four song in the countdown. Uh, yeah, I have beautiful song. Beautiful song. It's just a beautiful song in general without Glee. It's just such a, it's written so well. Um, but this Nothing cover. is a picture perfect. Yes. This uh, cover is also really good. Um I love how Hunter doesn't sing at all because we don't really need him here and he knows it. <laughs> That's why he's trying to get his ass back in here. That's why he wants Blaine back, yeah. It's exactly. Like, you do this. I don't um, um but yeah, this is this is great. It's a really it's a it's a nice treat to see this in season four because, you know, we spend all of season three of having like not all of season three. Well, yeah, pretty much most of season three where Blaine really has to make the choice i am leaving and not only am i leaving but i am firmly team new directions but to mm-hmm. see him have the struggle a little bit and um for us to get this nostalgic moment like two seasons later really i feel like was a nice touch so yeah it was it was definitely nice to get blaine back to his warbler roots and uh just you know not make it a permanent thing but still be like oh let's get him back in the dalton blazer it's been a while and you know that's where he thrived as a uh singer on the show which not that he's not thrived in the role he's in in the new directions, but he, it, it was his world at Dalton. So brought him back there. It was, it was good. Um, and then they do it again in season six with sing and you know, they, uh, they know what they're doing when they are able to work his way back over to Dalton. Uh, so that's number nine. So this makes me feel like just a little bit of analysis here. This makes me feel like Sebastian really did turn over a new leaf here because I mean, he, he meets Sebastian in this episode and he's like, I'm not, that's not me anymore. Like I'm, I'm done with that shit. Um, so it may like because of the fact that Sebastian seems to sort of like lead this as well. Of course, Blaine is here, so he gets to take the top. But like before Blaine really joins in on the number, 
Sebastian is still in the front while Hunter is like sitting down. So it makes me feel like, oh, well, maybe maybe Sebastian really did willingly give this up. And it wasn't so much that Hunter just came in and swooped in and t- took over. It seems like Sebastian was like, you know what? I don't need this like shit in my life anymore. And he just like lets Hunter do it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Sebastian, if, if Sebastian was able to stick around, uh, for longer and be a character, cause like he was already an established character. They didn't need to, you know, like if they, if they had more to write for him or if he was able to, I guess, stick around the show longer, they could have done more with him because we already knew who he was, but I guess, uh, you know, that just wasn't a realistic possibility, but they could have, if he was able to be around, they could have, uh, made some more happen, but whatever. Um, so that is, uh, at number nine, let's move on to song number eight. First we started out real cool Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable And doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling And now you ask to use my car Driving all day you don't fill up the tank And you have the audacity to even come and step to me Ask to hold some money from me Until you get your check next week You trifling, good for nothing type of brother Silly me, or haven't I found another A baller, when times get hard Need someone to help me out Instead of a scrub like you Who don't know what a man's about Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Do you pay my automobiles? If you did, then maybe we could chill all right, bills, bills, bills uh, comes in here at number eight overall, and uh, I like you know I'm I'm really trying to focus on the warblers here because we already did the Blaine countdown, and I love doing the Blaine countdown again because I love Blaine songs, um, but I'm I'm really trying to focus on the warblers, and you know they really are. I mean, obviously, uh, hey, I don't want to to throw anybody off here, but these aren't just random actors; these are a lot of well-trained vocalists that are here for a reason. So, uh, yeah, they are uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, Darren Chris, like, I think I've talked about this before. He doesn't like this performance. He thinks that he sounds horrible on it, um, which, of course, it's easy to feel that way when you're comparing yourself to Beyonce. Um, I'm going to take any opportunity to gush over Beyonce on this podcast. Shout out to Beyonce. She's much more of a producer than most people realize. She is the one that came up with all of the harmonies for not only herself, but for the other girls at Destiny Shot at the time. So if, if the Warblers have anybody to thank... Not just for the song, but for the harmonies that already exist within the song. Shout out to Beyonce. This I love this cover. I think that it's great. I I I I like search for other covers of this cover. Like I want to see other acapella groups sort of uh, try make an attempt at this cover because I think it's just so meticulous and so well done. Um, I think that Darren Chris is definitely too hard on himself. I think that he sounds great on this. You're not going to sound like Beyonce. No one ever sounds like Beyonce, like mm-hmm. in the same way that no one ever sounds like Darren Chris. So be you, boo. Yeah, let me see. Where did uh, Bills, Bills, Bills come in on his list? Uh, it came in above Misery, but there was a song in between them that has not come up yet. So we're kind of keeping on track for uh, that countdown, but there's still two songs uh, that were below Bills, 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 and Misery that have not yet come up on the Warbler countdown, so still keeping an eye on all that. Um, but no, I, I mean, this is great. This is fun. I agree. Darren Chris is being too hard on himself on that um, because this is a great time. Uh, get it? A great time because it was number eight. I didn't do that on purpose. Um, okay, let's move on to song number seven. This is the last uh, non-season two Blaine song. This is a uh, song 
That comes from season six and a little bit unique here. Let's listen to it. Number seven. Right, Samantha Ware coming in hot with uh, Tightrope, making its way all the way up the Warbler countdown of historic Warbler songs. Uh, this was rated by the audience at their number three spot. Made its way to number seven. Hey, um, I'm shocked. Well, I'm not, I won't say shocked, but I didn't anticipate something um, so uh, recent to make it so high. But I'm not complaining. I think she does a great job here. Um... I'd like to believe that she delivered this performance right after Leah Michelle said that she was shit in her wig, and she was like, "I will show that girl." We got to start too. creating her narrative <laughs> to be more than just that, or, or, or you know, just. I, I I know that I'm like I'm, I'm glad that she was able to you know share that that happened and and kind of expose Leah for even more, um, but like uh, I don't know I don't want that to be like the only thing we remember about her. I'm kidding, mostly. I know. Um, I know. I'm, not, I'm not coming down on you. I'm just saying. I feel like that's what we always bring up about her. <laughs> it's just such a. It's just such a, a crazy quote. <laughs> it's just so outlandish that I it's know. hard to, to not talk about. But um, yeah, no, she does a really good job here. Um, and damn them if they don't believe that she would make a good addition to the Warblers. Yeah, I mean that's on them. That is fully on them. So, but then they get to have her anyway because they join the New Directions. So screw these kids. Yeah, no, she gets to have them they don't get to have her no they get to have her because she doesn't need them (laughs) i'm saying like they had the pre like the the privilege of being with her right so you i think you mean to say it the way that i'm saying it they get to have her as a teammate rather than she doesn't get to have them as teammates oh yeah yeah, semantics of the wording okay anyway um that's number seven let's keep on moving number six uh so yeah yeah there you go look at you look at you Mm. Uh, I lied. It's not. It's it's not all Blaine songs left. There still is a, a Kurt song in here, but uh, it's not up next. What is up next is song number six. Let's listen. You're making dogs wanna beg, breaking them off your fancy legs, but they make you feel right at home now. Oh. Sick and I'm not leaving till you're leaving. Oh, I swear there's something when she's pumping, asking for a raise. 
Cause you want me to buy her things On my house, on my job, on my loot Shoes, my shirt, my crew, my mind, my father's last name When I get you When I get you alone. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let it continue for like. No, you did this last time. <laughs> 20 more seconds. I just want to see it. It's no. coming right up. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. It messes up the editing. It gets annoying. Oh, it's so you know funny. what you're looking for. Okay. Uh, number six is When I Get You Alone, which on Blaine's countdown did come in a little bit lower. It was uh, at number. Oh, it doesn't matter. It was below misery on that one. <laughs> Stop laughing. This isn't a fun podcast. This is serious. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, I love this performance because, one, for the comedy, but, two, it's just, it's really, it's it's so cheesy, but it's so good, too. I just love it. I love how outlandish it is. I love how uncomfortable Jeremiah looks. I love how uh, incredulous Kurt looks. I just love this entire thing. It's definitely top tier. On It's pumping on a bunch of different cylinders for me. And the Warblers just go with it. Like, this is ridiculous. And they're just like, okay, <laughs> our captain says we do it, we do it. I love it. I love it so much. So When I Get You Alone comes in at number six. Uh, moving into the top five Warbler songs. Let's get into it. Here is song number five from the same episode. Love doesn't come in a minute. Uh, number five, silly love songs. So there, there is. Uh, actually, forget it. Uh, silly love songs. I love you. Yeah, I've grown to appreciate this so much. I often watch um, the video of this like at least once a week nowadays. Um, it just makes me feel really good. And I love the message of this episode as well. Um, and it's very hopeful and sweet and romantic. And yeah, I just really appreciate this. Season two, mm-hmm. I love season two of Glee so much. Season two Blaine, I've heard it's the best Blaine. It is the best Blaine, definitely. Many have Blaine. said, yeah. Um, yeah, we both love silly love songs. Not a whole lot else to add to the analysis there. It's just really good. Um, number four, number four is this song right here. Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise 
bluebirds singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment to be free That's like a solid 25 second shot on Darren Chris's face. Like that whole thing about how this is the moment. This is the moment he realizes they give him like 25 seconds of just staring at Kurt. He's having a moment. The heart wants what it wants. What can I say? Like, like my guy, your face is stuck. You got to move it. You got to sing. Give me some. (laughs) Have you ever, have you never stared at somebody for longer than 20 seconds? Not with the look on his face. Look at that. Look, it's stuck. He's it's falling frozen. in love. What was going to say? Close your mouth. Put your little uh, furry eyebrows down. Oh, my God. <laughs> How can you shit on such a beautiful moment like this, you heartless bitch? <laughs> Look, we've covered this from every perspective. I haven't shit on it at all. Uh, you find something new every time to talk about. Uh, Blackbird, of course, a great cover, a great performance from Dar- uh, Dad, blah, 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 from Chris Colfer. Chris Colfer. Darren Chris Colfer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate this as well. Uh, I don't think I would have placed it this high, um, but I understand why it is this high. Um, but for me, top 10. Yeah, sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. But the it's, def- it's def- I, I, and I think I maintain that it should be in the Warblers list, but it definitely is more of a Chris Colfer song, which made me put it a little lower, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It does. The audience would have had this at number six, but you know we both like it. Or I don't. I, th- I probably gave it a five. You probably gave it a four. Uh, math. So give us yeah. Four point five. Math made it. Made it here. Yeah. Yeah. Math like me. Is that my nickname? <laughs> no. Oh. Ew. Ew. That'd be such a <laughs> nasty nickname for Matthew. Ew. I did like Ugh. math in high school. <laughs> you know, Ugh. me and my friend Math over there. <laughs> Nobody's Yuck. ever done that. <laughs> All right, uh, that was number four. Uh, number three, we got to talk about this one. Here is uh, number three. Fool, you could choose to let it go. 
We can always, we can always party on our own. So raise your, so raise your glass if you All right, I, 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 I keep forgetting to mention this, but I feel like Trent is in every single Warblers number. Like, not season six, but did he miss a number from seasons two through four? I don't think so. That was like the whole joke when uh, Sam was talking to him in season four, saying you could always count on seeing his round, cherub face in the uh, in the sea of that is the that's what was. yeah right. Um, <laughs> it's just like nothing, and like I've always had that in the back of my mind. Like I knew he was there, but like watching all these performances back to back to back, that man is not. He doesn't miss a number. He doesn't sleep in. He's there every day in and day out. Um, yeah. Razor Glass ends up at number three overall, which on the Blaine countdown, it was the lowest Warbler number. It was all the way down at, I'm sorry, not the lowest. See, I just keep lying. I can't keep my facts straight. Uh, hey Soul Sister was the lowest, but it was pretty low. It was at number 26 compared to all the other Warbler numbers that were towards the top of the list in like the top 15 or so. Um, so I'm surprised, but not surprised, because like I was saying when we talked about it then, Razor Glass, I always thought of as one of the iconic Warbler numbers. It was just a standout for sure. Even if it's not something I'm going to jam out to in the car every day, when I think of Warbler standout numbers, I think of Razor Glass 100%. So uh, it makes its way up to number three. Um, Yeah, I feel like some of the other songs in the top 10 could replace this one um, and it could switch spots with it. I'm not mad about it, um, but I guess I've never, it's one of those, you know, instances where I've never really been that much of a fan of the original either like raise your glass to me i mean pink pink has some wonderful pop songs this one to me is kind of like yeah but um yeah no i i i, I, I totally get it i totally get it mm-hmm. yes hard hard not to get it right i mean it just makes so much sense um so raise your glass at number three let's move into the top two there's only two songs left if you're keeping track at home you know what they are so let's get into it with uh, song number two on the Warblers Countdown. Before you met me, I was alright, but things were kind of heavy. You brought me to life now every February. You'll be my Valentine. Valentine, let's go all the way tonight. No regrets, just love. Teenage dream tonight 
So, of course, you guys probably imagine that this would have been number one, but you guys know how this podcast works, and you know one of the hosts is not the biggest teenage dream stand, or at least was not uh, super high on this when the polls went out in the first time through. Uh, we did kind of talk this one out when we did the Blaine podcast, and Amon was coming around on it a bit. Um, but we also know that in no world would it have ever gone above somewhere only we know for him. Um, and for maybe probably lots of you, I don't know for me, well, you know, uh, I don't know, but, uh, this is where we are. This is the world that we are living in right here, right now, where Teenage Dream comes in as the number two Warbler song. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely have come along, um, to getting the appeal of the song. I mean, I never, like, I've stated many, many times, I've never disliked it, but I think that there is something to be said about like, one of the most famous pop songs of the decade being completely turned on its head in um, making it about a gay relationship. You know what I mean? Not to say that the original artist hasn't talked about same-sex relationships before. I mean, in fact, Katy Perry's first single was about kissing girls. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's important to have this song recontextualized in... And through the lens of Glee, because then you automatically associate it with uh, a gay love story, and I, and I, and that just normalizes gay love stories. So, yeah, I think that this song is really important. Um, I struggle; it's definitely more of a struggle between this one and the last one. But um, see, because yeah. I think that, like, as an overall product goes, I can probably get down with somewhere only we know being the one that we all hold closer to our hearts, especially like as time has gone on and like teenage dream is great and all, but like, I, I think people have really taken a love to somewhere only we know and you know, myself included, but I just feel like as far as the warblers countdown goes, it would have made sense for this to be number one. Number two I is think, not too far off, but I think I agree. I think I agree. Um, simply because of the musicality of it all, like somewhere only we know isn't strictly warblers. There's instruments there. Well, I guess and we should listen to. Uh, I guess we should listen to somewhere only we know, and then we can talk the rest of this out. So here is your number one song, number one warbler song, somewhere only we know. I'm 
So the Warblers are definitely there. They're definitely along for this. This is a Warblers send-off, even if it is more so led by Blaine and, uh, you know, made its way towards the top of the Blaine countdown. Lands here at number one in the Warbler countdown. Again, I do think that Teenage Dream probably deserves the top spot, but... I won't really put up a fight. Well, I mean, well, I don't know what fight I would really be able to put up because the, the the rankings are in, but uh, that is where we are at. Yeah, I'm not really going to say too much more about the song. I think I really said enough when we talked about Blaine um, and Kurt, for that matter. Um, I love the arrangement. I love, I just, I, I, I think it's, once again, just a really, really beautifully written song, both musically and lyrically. It's just, it's the perfect song choice for a moment like this. Um, and it's a very, very, very important, one of the most important scenes in Glee for me. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yep. 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 So, uh, that's our list. That's the Warbler songs. Number 21 through one. We got some Sebastian in there, some Skylar, some Nick, some Thad, some Blaine, some Sebastian. Did I say Sebastian yet? Hunter. Hunter. Lots of Trent. (laughs) Lots of Trent. Lots and lots of Trent. Lots of Trent. Uh, that's it. That's, I think, all that we have for, for the day here. Uh, anything else from you on the Warblers? Um, No, not really. I think I've gained a better appreciation for them through the duration of the podcast. But other than that, no, I'm good. Okay, so as far as the Warblers on the all-time countdown goes, where do we have these guys here? Um, so obviously Somewhere Only We Know still sits up pretty high uh, at number 16 at the moment. 16 out of the, let's see, what, what's the current count of songs we have on here? Uh, we're up to about 600 songs uh, as we still have yet to fill in a lot of New Direction songs. Um, Santana still has not yet been added here and uh, probably a couple of other random things will boost this list up uh, to the 700 plus songs that it needs to be at to be complete. Um so yeah, somewhere only we know, obviously high up. Teenage Dream also pretty high up at number 25 at the moment of 600. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where things are as far as the top, top songs go. Um, and that's the Warblers. That's all we got. This is, again, kind of a placeholder here to uh, we were going to do it eventually at some point anyway. But while we work on our Santana Lopez character study and getting all that good and ready to go for you guys, uh, you're getting this in between Rachel and Santana. Hope you enjoyed. Yes, 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 yes. Hope you all enjoyed. You can follow us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter and TikTok. You can also follow us individually. I'm going to go on Adventmats and Allegory. Uh, leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast reviews and loud on the show. And until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>